One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. I'm so glad that we can be here together tonight. And um, you must have really wanted to be here to find your way through the maze. (laughs) And uh, back here, and I I really believe God's going to do something tonight. I have that uh, anticipation, that expectation that God's going to do something. He always, he always does. And um, when we come longing for him, uh, as we have tonight, and uh, production team, thank you for the awesome job you guys do setting up, tearing down. Can we just put our hands together? These guys, uh, if God did, did nothing else tonight, just working through the production team is awesome. And thank you guys so much. Um, I want to just share a scripture tonight, and um, we're, we're going to go back into worship. Don't run off. I see my brother Joel's heading to the coffee. <laughs> what brothers have to do, give each other a hard time. But it's so good to have them here tonight. It's awesome. I just want to share this scripture. Is it better if I hold it closer to my mouth or further? Closer. Okay. Closer. I'll hold it closer and I won't talk too loud. When I use a handheld mic, it's, it's like evangelist style, so you feel like you want to yell and go like, yeah, but I won't do that. Okay. Just had, as, as we were preparing this week um, for this time, um, I, I just was praying, Lord, what do you want to do and what do you want to say um, to us? And um, I, I've had a lot going on. Anybody else had a lot going on? Anybody? Some of you? Um, you know, sometimes when you, don't, when, when you have a lot going on, um, as a pastor, sometimes it's like, okay, Lord, uh, I would love to just spend the day. In fact, the day that I typically plan to spend with the Lord, I had an interruption that I had to handle. But God's so good, and he, he put this scripture on my heart, and I want to share it with you. And uh, we're going to go back into worship. But um, John seven thirty seven to 39 uh, is a beautiful little passage, a few verses, and I'll read it. Um, and then explain it a little bit. But it says this, this is, uh, of course, in the gospel. It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, and we don't have it on the, um, on the screen, so we got you. been telling you to bring your Bible. I got you tonight, okay? On that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. I want to speak for just a few moments on the thought of rivers of refreshing. Rivers of refreshing. If you're sitting by the window tonight, you may gaze into the distance at the, <laughs> at the water. Rivers of refreshing. I, I love that thought. If anyone's thirsty, let him come. 
If anyone's thirsty, let him come. Uh, I know this has been summertime here in Florida, and so I think we can all relate to uh, that feeling of being thirsty. Everybody know what I'm talking about? That, that physical feeling of being thirsty. Uh, JD helped me last Saturday working on my roof. In fact, JD and my dad and I were working on the roof. And uh, how many of you know, uh, that's a real friend. That's a real friend. <laughs> and a real father, too. He uh, could have arranged some plans to travel or something, but uh, <laughs> he told me, let me know next time you're thinking of uh, working on the roof. I'll be sure to travel. Um, but we were working out there, and I was working again this week on, on this roof of this little pool house that I'm building, and I was just drenched in sweat. I mean, it's one of those change your shirt three times during the day sort of a sweat. Um, and, and, you know, that is thirst on another level. That's just dehydrated. I mean, you, you, you lose so much water. And I think, you know, as Jesus is talking about that question, are you thirsty? Um, I think that's, that's the image that he wants us to get, that feeling of just being parched, that feeling of just um, dryness and, and longing for something to drink. Now, all of us have been... Uh, thirsty and dehydrated physically, and, and probably all of us would be very fast to recognize if we're, if we're thirsty physically that we need to get something to drink, right? Uh, in fact, uh, doctors will tell you that by the time you actually feel thirsty, you're actually well on your way to being dehydrated. You're actually beginning to be dehydrated by the time you actually feel the effects of thirst, and, you know, we're all familiar with those effects of being thirsty, uh, that feeling of dry mouth, right? That uh, headache, don't act so holy, like you never had dry mouth. Uh, that feeling uh, of a headache, anybody ever had a headache? You're so thirsty, you, need, you're, you just have a headache, yeah? Uh, muscle aches um, is another effect or a symptom, a sign, a symptom of dehydration. Um, you know, being disoriented, you can get disoriented. Your head gets foggy. You get disoriented. And, and even to the point of just getting lethargic and just tired. Anybody ever been that dehydrated before? Probably some of us have been that dehydrated. Uh, but, but as I was reading this, I was just wondering, uh, all of us would be so aware of our need to get water physically. But are we equally aware and equally responsive to the thirst in our spirit, to the thirst of our heart? Do we recognize uh, that we're thirsty? Do we recognize the, the signs and the symptoms of not just natural thirst, but spiritual thirst? And, and you know, just like there's signs and symptoms of natural thirst, there's signs and symptoms of spiritual thirst. And I think they're kind of parallels. Uh, just like natural thirst affects your mouth, uh, spiritual thirst, your, your mouth gets affected when you're thirsty spiritually. You, 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 it gets a little dry. It gets a little parched. You, you don't have a, a flow of life coming out of your mouth. You're just dry. Your head isn't thinking straight. You know what I'm saying? You, you begin to get kind of disoriented. Uh, just like you can get physically, uh, you're, you know, 
muscles can get sore. You can get the same thing spiritually. Uh, you know, you can get somebody kind of says something to you and you just get overly sensitive about it. It's, you're just so touchy. None of you have ever been that way. Just, just me. Jennifer, maybe once years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you just get lethargic. You get tired. In the same way, now we, we recognize it physically, but do we recognize just as quickly and more importantly, do we recognize spiritual thirst? And that's what I want to ask you tonight. Are you recognizing the, the, own con the condition of your heart, the spiritual thirst of your heart? Are you aware of your spiritual thirst? Because that's what Jesus is talking about. Now, let me give you a little bit of his historical uh, context here. Because verse 37 opens up and it says, on the last day, that great day of the feast. And we read that and we think, well, I guess they were just getting together, uh, having a party, and let's move right through it. Well, the context of that actually was it was the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. And that was the time every year that Israel gathered uh, in Jerusalem to remember what God did as he delivered them out of Egypt through the wilderness and, and he saved them through the wilderness and brought them into the promised land. And it was this moment every year that they gathered together and they remembered that. And, and in particular, they remembered the, uh, the rock in the wilderness that, that uh, poured forth with water. If you read that story in the Old Testament, they were in the wilderness and they're dry. And, and they say to Moses, Moses, we're going to die. And God says, Moses, I'm going to bring water out of that rock. What a miracle. And, and so this is the moment that they gather every year. They remember what God has, has done. And there was a, a custom that God had instructed them to do during that feast. And it was uh, kind of a water... Um, or, or an aquatic uh, customary illustration demonstrating to God's people what, what he had done for them. And here's what they would do is uh, this feast would last for seven days, or I'm sorry, for eight days. In the first seven days, uh, the priest would go down to the river and he would draw water in a silver bowl and he would bring it and he would pour the water out at the base of the altar. And when he would pour the water out on the base of the altar, all of Jerusalem, actually all of Israel would gather into Jerusalem. And when he poured the water out on the base, all of the people would, would shout in celebration, God has delivered us, God has saved us. And, and that would happen for seven days. It was kind of the, the, the pinnacle moment every day during those seven days. The, the priest would get the water from the river and he'd bring it and he'd pour it at the base of the altar, just commemorating God's salvation, God's deliverance, and, and the water coming out of the rock. He would do it for seven days. But then on the eighth day, it, it was a different demonstration. On the eighth day, rather than going and drawing water with a silver bowl, he would go with a golden bowl and he would actually not draw water, he would just pretend to be drawing water and go and pour uh, imaginary water or, you know, pour out as if there was water in the bowl. He poured it at the base of the altar. And, and Israel, as they gathered in Jerusalem, they, for the first seven days, they would cheer 
uh, the, when the water was poured out, they would cheer the, the outpouring of the water in remembrance and celebration of what God had done. But the eighth day was different. It was not about remembering. It, it was actually about foretelling that there would be another leader that would come who would pour out water. It, it was a messianic uh, expectation that just as the, just as Moses gave them water in the wilderness, there would be another leader who would come who would give them not just physical water, but would give them spiritual water, uh, water that would quench their eternal thirst. And, and rather than shouting when the water was poured out, on the eighth day, when that imaginary water, that empty bowl was poured out, there was silence in all of Jerusalem. They would all be silent, okay? So that's the context. This, on the last day, that great day of the feast, as everybody was silent in expectation, Jesus cries out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus was saying, I have come to fulfill what you've been longing for. I've come to pour out water into your heart, water into your life. You don't have to die of thirst. You can be satiated and satisfied. But this was actually an interesting prophecy because it was, if I could say it this way, it was, it was a wonderful promise, but it was post-dated. Anybody ever written a post-dated check? It's okay if you have. It's, I'm going to write you that check, but wait until this date to cash it. Well, that's what Jesus said here. I'm going to pour out, come to me if you're thirsty, and you will drink, and out of your inmost parts will flow rivers of living water. But here's the post date. John goes on to say, this he said concerning the Holy Spirit, who was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus is making this incredible promise, but he's saying this promise cannot be fulfilled until I'm glorified, then the Holy Spirit will be poured out. Now, here's the awesome thing for us. We live on the other side of that post-date. We live in the day when if anybody is thirsty, you can just come to Jesus and drink. You can come to him and just receive. You can be refreshed, renewed. And here's the beauty of it is that it's not just for you, but Jesus actually says that out of your inmost parts will flow rivers of living water. This is, this is the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is a, a separate experience, even from salvation. At salvation, of course, we receive the Holy Spirit. But this is a, a work that is not just for our salvation. This is actually a work that is for our service. That there would be rivers that would flow out of our lives. And, and I don't know about you, but I believe the world needs people that are flowing with life, that are not just flowing, overflowing. What Jesus is saying is, I want you to be like a, a little, um, 
a little portable spring that everywhere you go, there's just rivers, there's water, there's, there's uh, satisfaction that comes out of you, that when you walk into your workplace, people go, man, that's just like a, a refreshing drink of cold water. I love it when they're around. I don't know what it is about them, but they're, they're just so refreshing to be around. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's offering for every single one of us through the baptism in the Holy Spirit, through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I believe tonight God wants to pour His Spirit out. We're already praying it. We're already singing it. God, pour Your Spirit out. Pour Your Spirit out. I believe whether you have received the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the past, or maybe you've never experienced it, I believe tonight can be a night that can be a uh, that can bring you into a whole new uh, realm of your relationship with God through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you a few things um, because I love alliteration, a few things that all start with the same letter that if you want to be filled, you want the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives us four things that we need to do Here's the first thing he says. Number one, if you want the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you've got to recognize you're thirsty. You've got to recognize you're thirsty. He says this, if anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, you know, sometimes we're so quick to attribute all of our shortcomings and faults and problems to a thousand other things, but perhaps some of the things that we're dealing with, if we went to Dr. Jesus and we said, Jesus, what's the diagnosis? Jesus may just say, you're dehydrated. You're dehydrated. Your, your, your sensitivity, your attitude, your, your fear, your, uh, your, your um, you know, self-consciousness. Jesus may just say, Here, here's the thing, you're dehydrated. You need to drink. You need to drink. You need to be filled. I think this is a, a moment for all of us just to say, Lord, am I thirsty? Is there areas in my life that I've grown dry? I don't know about you, but even when people start talking about being thirsty, I'm going, I need some water. I need some water. <laughs> Maybe that's you tonight. You're thirsty. You need to recognize. Maybe you've been dehydrated. You've been running on empty spiritually. And, and you just, tonight, you need to say, I recognize I'm dehydrated. I'm lacking that's the first thing Jesus says. If anyone thirsts, you see, thirst isn't a bad thing. Thirst is a good thing. You know who doesn't get thirsty? Dead people. If you're thirsty, it means you're alive. If you're not thirsty, that's, that's not a good thing because thirst is a sign of life. Thirst is the byproduct of being alive. We've got to drink. See, uh, Spurgeon, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was asked one day, why do you need to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, because I leak. That's true of all of us. We need to be refreshed. We've got to recognize, number one, recognize that we're thirsty. He says, if anyone thirsts. But then he goes on to say this, let him come. Let him come. In other words, not only do you have to recognize, but you've got to respond. You've got to respond. Jesus is making an offer. If you're thirsty, 
Here, here it is. It's available. How many times do we go spiritually languishing, spiritually lacking, spiritually lethargic and, and so lacking simply because we don't respond to the offer that is available. It, it would be like somebody being dehydrated and, and there's a bottle of water right in front of them and they go, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll come to me. No, Jesus says, if you're thirsty, you need to respond. Come, come, come. Take action, take action. Come to me, he says. I love that. Come to me. You see, when you're thirsty, you, you could go to a thousand other things. And it may be tempor- you know, temporarily refreshing. Code red. Or coffee. Or whatever you're other beverage is. You may be tempted, and we can be tempted to look for satisfaction in so many places, to satiate ourselves in so many other places. But Jesus says, if you're thirsty, here's, here's the opportunity. Just come to me. Come to me. Tonight, I believe Jesus will offer us to come to him, to come to receive of the Holy Spirit. If anyone thirsts, let him come. So not only do we recognize and respond. But then he says, number three, and drink. And drink. In other words, we've got to receive of the Holy Spirit. How do we receive of the Holy Spirit? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, he tells us, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You receive the Holy Spirit simply by believing in Jesus by believing that he will do what he has said he will do. And we receive, we drink of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Uh, In other words, not only do we recognize and respond and, and receive by faith, but the fourth thing that we do is we release. Release the river, release the power of God through our lives. And and I I believe that tonight God wants to baptize us, fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you say, well, Justin, I'm a Christian. Here's what Paul said when he went into Ephesus. He said, did you receive the Spirit since you believed? That's what Paul would ask. If you say, I'm a Christian, I've been baptized, Paul would say, awesome, then did you receive the Spirit? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Ephesus chapter 19, they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. What's a Holy Spirit? In other words, you can be saved and be dry. You can be saved and not, la- and, and not have the rivers of living water flowing out of you. Rivers of living water. That's how do you know if you're filled with the Holy Spirit? There's rivers of living water. Joy. Love. Where does it come from? Where do those rivers come from? Where's the mouth of the river? Well, I just said it. It's your mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when the Holy Spirit touches us, when the Holy Spirit fills us, worship team, you guys please, or Kendall, at least you guys can come back up. We're going to 
go back into worship. When the Holy Spirit touches you, oh, you're there. I'm looking, I'm going, where's Kendall? She's like God. She's ahead of you. (laughs) Very, very sneaky. Jesus says this. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his heart, out of his spirit, will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. You know, when you look at the scripture, oftentimes when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's a there's a response, there's some sort of demonstration, there's evidence of the Holy Spirit. I believe tonight God wants to touch us. I believe He wants to touch each of us. Whether you have been filled in the past, I believe tonight God wants to refill us. I'll just ask you if you would to stand up to your feet.